the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we're live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, tonight, we bring you part 27 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, this essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been attacked and maligned. It's even been denied and eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. So the big $25,000 question of the day is why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine? particularly in our churches of all places. And what can we do to disciple people in this essential teaching? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction and thank uh, everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be challenged, build up, and blessed in the Lord tonight. So we want to encourage everybody out there that's listening tonight to get your Bibles, pens, paper, and pull up to a table with your uh, chair. Prepare to take notes and prepare to enter Bible school because we're not pretending. We are contending for the faith. We want to knock out biblical illiteracy out of all those who hear this program. And we want to equip you so you will be equipped for the work and ministry of the Lord and giving answers and reasons for your faith on an apologetic level. Now, Tonight, we will conclude our long series on the Trinity and Trinitarian texts. Tonight, I want to conclude on an evangelistic note on how Trinitarian texts should be shared in two ways. How Trinitarian texts should be shared in two ways. What are those two ways? Well, number one, Trinitarian texts should be shared outside the church. And number two, 
Trinitarian text should be shared within the church. That's an interesting way to put it. Trinitarian text shared outside the church and Trinitarian text shared inside the church. Well, let's talk about number one, how should we share Trinitarian text outside the church? Turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, and verses 16 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now, uh, this is called by theologians, the Great Commission. Why? Because Jesus is commissioning the church, his disciples, to go outside and evangelize, to go outside the church, to go outside the camp and share the stigmata, the marks of the cross, the victory of the cross. Now, uh, this is the problem with so many churches that we uh, have become secret agents, undercover a a agents, and uh, we need to blow our cover, and we need to be change agents, and we need to be that salt and light to a dark world. Now, let's look at verse 16 of Matthew chapter 28 of this great commission. Jesus commissioning his disciples, and you are a disciple and I'm a disciple if we are truly following Christ. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Verse 17. Now, let me say this before I get into verse 17. You notice the word disciples. Uh, every time Jesus taught, probably about 95% uh, to 98% of Jesus' teachings was on it's what it means to be an extreme disciple. I'm writing a book on that, what it means to be an extreme disciple. And I taught a class on that, what it means to be an extreme disciple. And Jesus' teachings was so extreme that you can look at John chapter 6, and it says, many of his disciples followed him no more because these sayings were hard sayings. You know, people just don't want to sacrifice following Jesus as an extreme disciple, as Lord and King of their life. And that's the test of what a true disciple is. And so, and then we see in verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, they worshiped him. Now, the only one, according to the Bible, is to be worshiped as God. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. The only one to be worshiped is God and him alone. Well, many worshiped him, but others doubted him. And that's what happens with cults and false religions. They don't want to worship Jesus as God. And there are some people in our churches that don't want to worship Jesus as God and Lord and surrender their lives to him. There are a lot of doubters today as well. But you need to come to faith in who he is, and when you do, you'll fall down and worship him too. And that's why the Bible says, Jesus said, the true worshipers will worship him 
in spirit and in truth. John 4 and 24. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Well, that means that he's God too. This is just loaded with the deity of Christ. They worshiped him. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. No angel could say that. No human being could say that. Only God can say that. Verse 19. Here is the evangelistic uh, challenge here. Verse 19. Go. Just that little word, G-O, go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Here's the Trinitarian text here. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, here is your Trinitarian text. And it's interesting that Jesus puts teaching before baptism. Now, in a lot of our churches, we just do the opposite. The moment somebody joins, we want to baptize them to, you know, to impress the world of our uh, membership and how many people we have joining the church. Well, my friend, that's secondary. The first thing that you need to do is get them into the Word of God. Get them into the Bible. That's why cults are growing today. That's why Jehovah's Witnesses are growing, because they just teach people. They teach them the wrong way, but they're teaching them. Now, I want you to notice that word teach comes before baptizing. And then, and I want you to notice that Jesus is prioritizing teaching before baptizing. And that that word is to teach. In many of our churches, we just do the opposite. And this word teach has to do with being an extreme disciple. Yes, it does. Do you not know that Jesus taught his disciples and he preached to unbelievers, but he taught believers? What do we do in most of our churches? We do the opposite. We do a lot of preaching. And people are so ignorant of the word of God. We need to teach people. We need to disciple them in the word of God, get them in the word of God and get the word of God into them and so that they can have transformed minds, thoughts, action, and lives. But Jesus taught believers and he preached to unbelievers and we need to do that as well. Now, this word disciple is mentioned in the Bible over 269 times. And the word Christian is only mentioned three times. What does that tell you? Now, Jesus is teaching here for uh, us to teach Trinitarian texts outside the church. This is a beautiful way in concluding these series. So the word teach, I want you to make a note of that. The word teach is mentioned two times by Jesus in verse 19 and verse 20. You ever thought about that before? Baptism is not mentioned two times, but he mentions the word teach two times. Verse 19 and verse 20. Notice in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Everything today, when it comes to interpreting scripture, starts with Jesus. Everything 
when it comes to the Bible, starts and ends with Jesus. Truth starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Jesus is the theme of Genesis all the way to Revelation. He is the final authority. Now, number two, number two, and lastly, the last Trinitarian text should be shared inside the church. Notice I said Trinitarian text should be shared first outside the church, Matthew 28. Now Trinitarian text should be shared inside the church. I want to conclude this series with a benediction. Notice that, a benediction. I want to conclude with a benediction. This is one of the most famous benedictions when it comes to Trinitarian text. See 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. Let me read it to you. The grace, oh, how we need that. The grace of the Lord Jesus, notice the Lord Jesus, and the love of God, that's the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Here we have Trinitarian text mentioned by the Apostle Paul within the church. So we do both, right? We share the Trinity not only outside the church, that within the nature of the one God, there are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal, and coexistence. And we also share Trinitarian texts after we give the basis of our foundation of faith and showing one God called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say this, that we share this outside and inside. We share it with our families, our friends, our church, community, and nationwide. Because he said, go into all the world, to all nations. You know, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trinity should be shared everywhere. No compromise, confusion, or contradiction, those three C's. Now, we're going to close in our prayer of repentance. And I want you to repeat after me the three R's. The first R, dear Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner. The second R, I repent of my sins. Turn from my sins and turn to you as Lord and Savior and King of my life. I forfeit living my life, and then I elevate you as King of King and Lord of Lord of my life. Yes, yeah, so we accept you, Lord, as and recognize that we're sinners. We repent of our sins and turn to you. And the third R, we receive you as Savior and Lord of our lives. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Word of God says regarding Trinitarian texts and the conclusion of the series in Trinitarian texts outside the church and inside the church. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We, wish, we just want to encourage you. Take advantage of all the wonderful opportunities here to get your questions answered on contending for the faith. It's such a rich resource. We just want to encourage you to continue to listen, tell others about the broadcast as well. And also keep in mind that we do have a podcast of all of our broadcasts. So you can go to uh, kfax.com and look up on the banner under contending for the faith and look under podcasts and you'll find all the uh, this entire series on the Trinity is there, plus much, much more. You, It's a great resource uh, to get your questions answered and find out more about uh, this Jesus that you love, the, the faith that you pro- profess. And, um, you know, it's a great resource to get information about God's word. So we want to encourage you. Also, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith it's so important because this is a prayer-driven ministry. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Uh, we just thank you so much for those prayers. And also want to thank those of you who have stepped up to the plate to hit a home run for contending for the faith through your financial giving. And this is so important because this is a listener-supported ministry. and We need that financial support as well. Right now, we're pretty much caught up for this week, but next by next week, we, we'll need $25, which isn't bad at all. But we want to encourage you. As the summer months roll in, a lot of times people go on vacation, but we want to encourage you, don't go on vacation from your giving. Don't go on vacation for, from praying for this ministry, because we need both. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, plus the cost of creating the podcast. Um, so we need that consistency in giving and that consistency in prayer. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, First way is address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and away you'll go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So, Dr. Buckner, I understand that um, we had a uh, a message and a, a letter and a note with a question on it. Is that correct? Yes, uh, Brother Gary, that's true. And oftentimes we do get uh letters of encouragement and donation and that's what we got from this one uh a listener and uh, his name is jonathan and he wrote a letter asking a question so sometimes when you uh are not able to call in you could write us and say dr buckner i'd like for you to answer this question uh on saturday and we will tackle it in the name of jesus and try to answer it the best of our ability in the Lord. So he says, Dear Dr. Buckner, I am uh, wanted to call you your show uh, when your show is live. Was wondering if you could uh, please tell me if there are 
any true prophets of God today, and if yourself know of any personally, uh, and he says, I pray for your ministry, yours in Christ, Jonathan. So, and uh, he blesses also with a donation. Well, let's get into that question because a lot of people uh, want to know uh, if there are uh, true prophets today, and uh, if, it's, if it is true, uh, what does the Bible have to say about it? And if it's not true, what the Bible has to say about it? Uh, so there's been a lot of debate in this area, and we need to take the fusion out of confusion. Uh, so are there any true uh, prophets uh, today? Well, the answer is, uh, if you mean true prophets in the Old Testament sense and New Testament sense, as one is foretelling the future, no. In the Old Testament, there were 17 Old Testament prophets as far as major and minor prophets who foretold the future for God's uh, accurately with no mistakes. So, uh, and take note of this, that the office, I always say this, and it helps people out a lot, the office of a prophet an apostle, and I'm going to add that in there too, because a lot of people are asking if there is any apostle today. So the office of a prophet and apostle has ceased, but not the prophetic gift of prophecy has ceased, nor the apostolic gift of uh, preaching or missionary work, uh, that sort of thing, has ceased. Uh, what do we mean by the office of a prophet or an apostle has ceased? Well, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, and it says, and are built. That's a past tense uh, statement, and are built upon the foundation. Notice the word foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I want you to notice something very important in this verse 20. There are only two gifts mentioned uh, here in the, con in the context of this verse. The number one, prophets, and then number two, apostles. And not the other gifts such as, as pastoring, teaching, evangelism are mentioned in Ephesians 2 and 20. So only prophets, the office of a prophet as well as apostle are mentioned here. So they've been built on past tense on the foundation and it has been laid. And if you rebuild it, then you will tear up the foundation that has been laid. And God don't want us to do that because the foundation has already been laid. Uh, question number two that you ask, do I know myself of a prophet personally? No, uh, as far as the Old Testament, New Testament sense, but only a person in the church with a prophetic gift, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which is, is a prophetic message or sermon or word given in the church from the word of God. Uh, there are no foretellers in the church today, like in the Old Testament sense, but fourth tellers in the church today uh, in the sense of someone uh, strictly teaching the word of God and preaching the word of God. 
And uh, there is a very important uh, verse of scripture that uh, I use, not only what Ephesians 2 uh, and 20 to debunk the argument of uh, prophets and apostles today, but also uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 gives a black eye to this as well. It says, quote, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in past times unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, notice what the writer of Hebrews is saying. In past time, that's past tense, just like Ephesians 2 and 20, past tense. In past times, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 1, Have in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So past times he spoke to us through uh, the prophets. In these last days, He's spoken to us through Jesus Christ. And we need to focus on that, that Jesus is the final word, and uh, we need to preach him today and not get into a lot of this uh, stuff that the Bible doesn't teach in, as far as people saying there are apostles today and prophets. There is only apostles in the sense of uh, an apostolic missionary type gift, uh, and uh, that in that sense, because uh, besides the twelve apostles uh, in the Bible, there were other apostles as well uh, that were uh, not amongst the twelve. Very few people know that, and uh, maybe one of these days I'll do a study on that to bring that out as well. All right, Brother Gary, uh, hopefully uh, uh, Jonathan got blessed by that. Do we have time to get into? I think we do. Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's get Jermaine on the line and at least get him started here. All right, Brother Jermaine, how you doing, my brother? Oh, hey, I'm, I'm doing very well. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice. And let's get your question uh from you and then we'll uh, try to deal with that and then if we need to have a break we'll come back and deal with it some more so what's on your heart tonight my brother yeah um i was just curious about you guys thoughts on the uh the issues going on in israel right now where the hamas and, and israel they're just kind of going at it yes uh let me just say this that there is a real bad war. It looks like it's starting to simmer down right now with Hamas and Israel, uh, Palestinians. So um, a lot of this started. Very few people know how this war started. Uh, let me t tell you why. It started because there were Arabs that were renting uh, some homes in Israel. And many of them uh, weren't uh, keeping up with the rent. So what the uh, Israelites did, uh, many of the Israelites, uh, the Jews rather, let's say, uh, they said they evicted them. And that started a mess right there. That started a mess. But that's what happens when you don't pay the rent, you get evicted. So that started the war right there. And uh, best thing I can say about it is that this is all a preview 
of the war of Armageddon that's going to be coming in the future. And you think that's bad now? I mean, this is all conditioning right now. And it's also preparing the way for the Antichrist to come because the world is craving for peace right now. And the first three and a half years of the Antichrist, he will bring peace, a false peace. And then the last three and a half years, he will turn against the world with the number 666. So this is a conditioning for that thing of peace. And look at all the people that tried to bring peace and they got knocked off. Anwar Sadat, Menachem Begum. And then you had Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Mahatma Gandhi. All of these people trying to bring peace, they got knocked off. But the Antichrist won't right away until Christ comes back. So they're going to say, oh, he's the man. He's the, he can claim to be God. That's what he says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Sits in the temple claiming to be God. But this whole thing is a conditioning and a preview of the War of Armageddon. And that's going to be World War III. And it's going to be so bad that Christ is going to come back in the middle of it to bring peace and bring judgment to the entire world. So hopefully that helps out. Keep your eyes on the word of God and prophecy, because this is not just something happening with Hamas and the Middle East. This is prophecy. And you remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, you know, be not troubled because this is the beginning of sorrows. Let's remember that. And what does the Bible have to say regarding praying for the peace of Jerusalem? Is that tied into this? Yeah, it is. Um, I think that uh, we need to, rather than pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we need to pray that people will come to know the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Because the problem with the Jews, as well as the Arabs, they don't know him. A lot of them don't know him. And and once you come to know the Prince of Peace, then you will have peace. This peace for praying for the peace of Jerusalem, I just think it's just too broad. We need to narrow it down and say, come to know Mm -hmm. Jesus and you'll have peace within, Mm -hmm. not outside, but within. And um, can you comment on the scripture that talks about they that bless Israel will be blessed, those that curse Israel will be cursed? You took the words right out of my mouth right there, Brother Gary. This this says that we have a common spirit. uh, And yes, that is uh, something that Walter Martin used to always say. He would always say, the Jews are the, that follow Christ, the Jews are the apple of God's eye. And he did say those who bless them will be blessed and those who curse will be cursed. It's a dangerous thing to Mm -hmm. attack the people of God because God says, I will judge you. I will judge you on doing that. And then the the historical framework of Israel and Jews have been persecuted from the time of Pharaoh all the way through history with Hitler and on and on. But judgment has always come. You look at that in history. Judgment came on Pharaoh. It comes upon all those who curse the Jews because God says the curse will come back upon you. It's a dangerous thing to end up on the wrong side of Israel. Amen to that. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Pick up that phone. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. And we just want to let you know that next weekend we will have a pre-recorded message, so you won't be able to call in, but we will have the best of contending for the faith. We'll be taking off uh, because of my 41st wedding anniversary. <laughs> so we're gonna, I'm going to be gone and give Dr. Buckner a break as well, and we'll be back the following week. So we just let you, want to let you know that... Uh, you can tune in, take notes, but you won't be able to call in, but we encourage you to listen nevertheless. Also, we want to thank, once again, those of you who have been praying for us and those of you who have been so faithful in your giving. So important. This is a listener-supported ministry. We need support in both those areas. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. Contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to uh, talk to CC online too? Yes. You know, by the way, uh, I had lost you. We got lost there for a moment. I my computer uh, shut down, and right, I guess you didn't know that had happened. And then, right, <laughs> came back after you said what you had to say. Uh, I came back on, so praise the Lord. So you were lost, but now you're found. Is that what you're saying? That's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what a beautiful way to say it. <laughs> All right. It's good to see C while our time is still going. Yes, Brother Cece, how are you doing? How are you guys doing? We are truly blessed and highly favored in the Lord and just having an awesome time uh, tonight. Uh, let's uh, uh, get to your question. What's on your heart, my brother? I want to ask you, um, what's, your, what's, what's your intake on uh, Josephus? Oh, okay. Um, have you done any study on Josephus yourself? I haven't done a deep study on him, but I've been, I was noticing just as I was reading through some different books, I was looking, I was reading, you know, I've been doing studies on Daniel and studies on Jesus, and he, Josephus will give his, he gives his point of view on uh, a lot of different things, you know, especially in the book of Daniel and all through the Old and New Testament. So I just wanted to ask you, because I know you're pretty familiar with these things, what is your intake on him? Right. You know uh, what his full name was? Do you know what his full name was? What did you say? Did you did you know do you know what his full name was? Yeah, I know what Joe do I know what his name was? His full name. Did you know his full name? No, I don't that that I don't know. Yes, his full name was Titus Pladius Josephus. Titus Pladius Josephus. Uh, and he was one of the first century uh, Jewish historians. Uh, 
and he was born in Jerusalem. He was not a believer himself, but uh, he fought. He also fought. He was a good uh, warrior on the battlefield. He fought against the Romans during the first Jewish-Roman uh, War. Now, Josephus recorded um, the Jewish history with special emphasis on the first century and the first Jewish-Roman War. So he did a, a masterpiece of work on that. Uh, these works uh, gave valuable insight into the first century and the background of the early Christianity. Um, one of his uh, manuscripts, uh, the book Antiquities of the Jews, Antiquities of the Jews contain two references to Jesus of Nazareth and uh, first reference to John the Baptist. So uh, when people generally say, is there any historical evidence that Jesus lived and existed, well, Flavius Josephus writes about Jesus and he, he writes about what was circulated during that time, his miracles and people had looked at him as a, not only a mighty man, but as God. And so Flavius Josephus gives us a lot of insight. So I would recommend that you get uh, as many books as you can on uh, uh, Titus Flavius Josephus and uh, read it because it'll give you additional insight into uh, not only the Jews and the Romans, but also uh, the antiquities of the Jews contains, like I said, two references to Jesus of Nazareth and one reference to John the Baptist would let you know John the Baptist existed too. So uh, that's the thing that makes the Bible so real and so true that you have, uh, I always tell people, when you want to uh, argue uh, the truth of Scripture, we always say, look at the, the acronym MAPS. The M stands for manuscripts. The uh, A stands for archaeology. The P stands for prophecy. And the S stands for statistical probability, having over 40 different authors writing over uh, spans of thousands of years. And they got different occupations and positions, and uh, and yet they are consistent. You don't get that in the writings of even Shakespeare and uh, a lot of the, uh, like, uh, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Anaximander, and Anaxandrus, these, these uh, great philosophers. There's always contradiction, but you don't have that with the Bible. So the maps is a tremendous way of showing the and demonstrating the validity and historicity and authenticity of God's word. So hopefully that helps out my brother and uh, gives you a little uh, insight to Titus Flavius Josephus. Yeah, you gave me, you gave me a lot of information. I was born in little. I really appreciate it. Oh, good, good. And let's have a moment of uh, prayer. I always appreciate you digging uh, in the word as well as history. We appreciate that side of you. Uh, so you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you quickly? Just go and pray. I pray for my mother, Rosalinda, my family, and you can pray for me. Um, I just want uh, a lot of peace from God, and then whatever else you guys want to pray, because I know you got other people on the line, and just lift up, lift up celebrities in general, and that's it. All right. Let's do that, Brother Gary. 
All right. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Cece. We pray that once again, you protect his family, particularly his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for Cece that you move upon his life, continue to help him, strengthen him, and encourage him. And we also lift up those celebrities that he has in his mind, Lord God, that we've prayed for in the past. And there's so many folks that are in Hollywood and the entertainment industry that are lost and searching. And we pray, Lord God, that you would lead them to a saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Cece. God bless you, brother. Look forward to talking with you in the future. Well, Brother Gary, uh, who do do we have? All right. God bless you, Cece. All right. We got Brother Rick. Holy hey, Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Let me get to my question. Yes, uh, on your heart. The, the word faith teachers claim that uh, Jesus Christ died, had to go to hell, take on a bunch of big demons and fight them before we were forgiven of our sins. How do we refute this unbiblical statement by such teachers as Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, and Joel Osteen? Well, that's a good question. Uh, matter of fact, um, let me kind of share this with you quickly. Um, the, um, the church, uh, in the first century never did teach that, that, that type of doctrine, that heretical teaching. And later on, uh, with the Apostle Creed later on, um, uh, there was, uh, people, uh, that was teaching something similar, uh, with the Apostle Creed, and uh, also uh, some people in the Roman Catholic Church that, uh, but the people connected with the Apostle Creed was teaching that uh, Jesus had went to hell, but they that's as far as they went, but the word faith teachers, they started taking it a step further and taking it that he uh, literally, Jesus, when he died, he went to hell and took on a demonic nature uh, to beat up the demons to defeat them. And he had to be born again. And then he ascended. Uh, Matter of fact, let me kind of give you a quote uh, from my book. This is the Essentials of the Historic Christian Faith by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. This is what I have in my book. The word faith teachers like Joel Olstein and Joyce Myers and many others teach that Jesus didn't finish or complete the plan of salvation on the cross. They teach that at the cross, Jesus had a transformation from divine to demonic and that he had to die and go to hell and be born again in order to complete the plan of salvation. These word faith teachers deny the edificacy and sufficiency of Christ's finished work at, uh, and the atonement on the cross. Joel Osteen goes even a step further, quote, Even Christ's victory in hell was insufficient to atone for our sins. After the resurrection, there still had to be a blood sacrifice for our sins. There still had to be a price paid. That is why Jesus presented his his own blood in the high court of heaven as a sacrifice for our sins. Past, present, and future, page 37, from the Ostinification of American Christianity by Hank Hanegraaff. So uh, this is uh, uh, really heretical. It's against the word of God. And the scriptures that they use uh, is uh, Romans 10 and 7, 
uh, and 1 Peter 3 and 19, and also Ephesians 4 and 9. Now, let me read Ephesians 4 and 9. It says, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? <clears throat> so take note of Ephesians 4 and 9. This is the key point, that he descended into the lower parts. It doesn't say that he des descended into hell. He descended into the lower parts. Now, what is the lower parts? That is Hades. That's the same place in Luke chapter 16, where they had, uh, before uh, Jesus took everybody up, uh, believers up to heaven, uh, there was two compartments in the Old Testament where they had the compartment where the believers were at in Hades, and then another compartment where unbelievers were at in Hades. That's why the rich man and the poor man can see across from each other a gulf fix. So the lower parts is where Jesus went from Ephesians 4 and 9, and this is a good apologetic approach because it says the lower parts, not hell. So that hopefully that helps out, Rick. Uh, emphasize the word lower parts where it says that, and it, there's nowhere in the scriptures that said he went to hell. So hopefully that helps hell, out. Hell is not open up for business yet. That's right. Hell is not open up for business because uh, the lake of fire, there's nobody in the lake of fire yet. Very true. Thank you so much for your call. We're going to try to get Sophia in. Appreciate you. Okay. God your, bless. Your, your question. The prayer for Alfred, too. Yes. And we have uh, Alfred as well. He wants to have prayer. prayer. So we, we, do we have Alfred next? Yep. We can let's quickly do, pray for Alfred. Let's do that. All right. Lord, we just lift up Alfred right now. We know, I know personally, uh, regarding colonoscopies and having had colon cancer, and uh, we just pray that you would just protect him, Lord God, from any any illness, any cancer in his body. We pray, Lord God, that the tests come back with a good report, and we pray that you give Alfred peace, your perfect peace, which surpasses all understanding. Guard his heart and his mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, we've got two minutes here. Quickly, Sophia. Ephesians 5.14. So I'm reading, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and who has destroyed the barrier dividing a wall of hostility by abolishing it. And then it goes, all right. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, um, thus making peace. And then it goes on to reconcile both of them. I don't know what this means, one new man out of the two. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, one new man out of the two. Now, when you get what before you got saved, okay, you were you were the old man. So that's uh, you have the attributes and nature of Adam. Okay, the first Adam. In First Corinthians chapter fifteen, Jesus is called the second Adam. So when you get saved, you get the attributes of the second Adam, which is Jesus. So what God wants to do is take that uh, with those two men. He mm -hmm. wants to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring you into that one man in Christ where you reflect him is as with the, your Imago Dei, your, the image of who you really are in Christ. So you Fabulous. got two natures. I natures. understand. Huh? 
No, I said I understand. Now I hear the music, so I don't want to, you know, cut you off. But I understand that, and that was wonderful. And maybe I can elaborate another time. We can, but remember, there's two natures that we have, but God wants to bring us to the one nature in Christ, and that's the way you explain that. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, we equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.